Welcome everybody to the Magic Beans podcast. We are back again for episode number 165. I'm your host tonight and my name is Shorty and for the first time in two months as we just figured out, we have three of us here tonight with uh, Cracker returning as always, the stalwart of the, the Magic Beans podcast. How's it going? Good, thanks mate. How are you? Pretty good. And uh, yeah, we've, we've got Chewy back. How's it going mate? Yeah, good, good. And I must say, like in our little preamble, I haven't felt an energy level like that. You know, the, the excitement that we, we had built around doing the, the cast tonight is uh, uh, something that I've ne- not experienced before, really uh, <laughs> brimming, brimming with it. So uh, it is, uh, yeah. There's no uh, sarcasm there at all. No, not, not at all. Uh, it's a, uh, I, don't know, I don't know, you okay, Shorty? You just feel a bit, a bit flat. I'm just, I'm just tired. <laughs> It's, a, it's been, uh, been a busy few weeks. I, I, I think the wind is out of shorty sails after a standard announcement this uh, this week that we'll get into. Mm. But it's a yeah, it, it has been like a, a solid two months. Like I had a pretty hectic start to the year with work, and then you know there's just been like that normal circumstance that's come up. Except for yeah, except for for cracker the the stalwart. And as you said, you said stalwart, and I was like Kithkin stalwart cracker. You are <laughs> yeah. you are Gadok Teague. There we go. <laughs> You are the cat. Oh. You are the Gadok Teague of this podcast. He's way too tall to be Gadok. I was going to say. I mean, the nickname sometimes is Big Gaddy, Big Daddy Gaddy, right? But no, that's uh, why isn't is it? Isn't there like stalwart champion? Isn't yeah, there's another thing? Yeah. yeah, but I, right. Gadok Teague's got a beard, right? Uh, on the he does. Up. He's also he's also the size of my like bottom half of one of my legs. Your dad <laughs> is Gadok Teague. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, How yeah. have I not actually, figured that, that out? <laughs> yeah, no, wow, that is, is spot on. That's- <laughs> uh, uh, sorry, Rich. There we I go. Just, I just, just did a scry full search. There are 18 stalwart cards in Magic. There you go. Wow. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I chose one the one, one that comes up to your knee. <laughs> Who's, not, uh, even who's not even a stalwart? There you go. <laughs> no. Yep. Welcome to the tangents of Chewy's brain. Oh dear. Yep. We uh, we're in fine fine form tonight. So uh, yeah. Anyway, get us back on track, Chewy, with a uh, a sponsor read. Go for it. We have something to read. No. no. Uh, so <laughs> the, the fine folk at Josh and Pat's MTG Bazaar are the official sponsor of the Magic Beans podcast and our tournament series. And we've got some events coming up and just had some events. So we'll talk about those later in the cast. But what you can do once you've finished listening to this podcast is go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. That'll take you straight to the Josh and Pat's Facebook page. They do uh, auctions on physical magic cards seven nights a week. They also do win it now lots. Uh, there are the spicy primo stuff on the weekends as well. At crazy prices, huge amounts of stuff goes up all the time. Full-time auctioneer means that the comms and the shipping are second to none on the internet. And when you do win, please tell them that the bean sent you. Very good. You haven't forgotten how to do that, despite the... Uh, the- read that we don't actually have <laughs> the notes. Yeah, it's kind of just after, what, 165 episodes, I've probably been on 140 of them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And then all the yep. streams and, and whatnot. Yeah, it's uh, – and look, I I, I, I spruik Josh and Pat's in my, my day-to-day life, you know, if I, I'm at a magic <laughs> event or whatever. Just talking to people at work. It's just, just like, hey, go check out Josh and Pat's. Hey, <laughs> by the way, go to jpmtgbazaar.com today. <laughs> 
What's Chewie doing? I was just telling a tree to buy magic cards. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> telling about the premium weekend auction. That's right. That's right. In the Macca's drive-thru. Yeah, that's yeah, right. I'll, I'll have a Big Mac meal and uh, just go to jpmtgbazaar.com.au. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Oh dear, yes, we are. Would you like tokens well, with well that? Drilling. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's get back on track. So we do have a few things to talk about tonight. Uh, the big one being the pro tour that we had on the weekend. So, Cracker, you and I spoke about that a little bit on the previous podcast. This was coming mm-hmm. up. Standard, which yep, we were weren't overly excited about. Well, we weren't overly. Ex- we didn't have a lot of hope for the the meta game being very diverse, which we'll have a bit of a look at. Uh, but we did expect some really good matches. And yes. I don't know if you watched any of it. Or I, you I caught a bit. Either yeah. Chewy, but not, not a lot, but yeah, okay. the bits I saw, really good. I um, actually, <laughs> I think I was telling Chris this on the weekend. I had a, a massive weekend of watching streams. So we had, there was the Pro Tour on. So there was that stream that was running virtually all weekend. There was a Battle Spirit Saga like GP level event that was streaming all weekend at at a slightly different time to the Magic One. There was Formula One on <laughs> a race in Miami that I was streaming and watching that, and then you did a stream on the Saturday night in the form of a concert, which was cool. Which I was also streaming, so yeah, <laughs> it was just watching all the streams all weekend. It was a lot of fun. I'm picturing your desk being like the the pr- production room in a newsroom with just so many different yeah yeah mul- multiple screens. Yeah, I mean, most yeah. of it is just watching on my phone. Like with my earpods in, just you know, walking around and more listening to it than watching the stream. But yeah, it was good. But uh, yeah, I did actually catch a decent amount of the the Pro Tour stream, which was cool. Did, Chewy, did you get to watch any? Uh, maybe a combined total of thirty minutes for the whole thing. So unfortunately, okay. not. Um, how was the how was the coverage? They got the A team assembled. I was pretty excited about the uh, the personalities that were actually and and just the the experience from a you know playing perspective uh, that were doing the coverage and you know given that we've you know dipped our toe into actually producing uh, a, a stream to to cover matches and we've done some paper stuff you get that sort of bit of a lens how they do that how they do that and I know you definitely look at that really really yeah, uh, yeah. closely uh, how did you find it <laughs> like really good they. We, we mentioned it for the last Pro Tour, you know, we weren't sure what they were going to do in terms of coverage, were they going to put a full effort in, that sort of stuff. And then we, we saw some behind-the-scenes photos yeah. of their actual production studio, like, setup. Yeah, <laughs> like, that was like a full news- newsroom kind of deal. Yeah, yeah, right? like 15 mm. monitors and a million, you know, mixes and all, you know, It's like they've actually got a production company in rather and, than Yeah, and it, that is what they've own, done, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. And, and it definitely shows, like, the coverage was very, very good. The The only thing is that they still went with the same orientation of the playmats, yeah. like the arena style, which still just isn't quite right. Yeah, I, I'm not too sure about that. But everything else was top-notch. I, I, for all the stream that I watched, the longest Be Right Back screen was two minutes for, you know, eight or nine hours, however long their stream was for. Two minutes. That's it, and it's just snappy. One thing after another. Going to this, going to that. The the commentators' booth setup was awesome with you know the like banners behind them, but then uh, like players in the background and tables and all that sort of stuff. Like the the actual hall because it was being held at a Magic Con. The you know getting into matches really quickly. Uh, they had one little feature I saw that they added this time was in the first few turns of the game they would they would have a little thing up on the overlay that said how many cards the players had kept. 
say, like kept six or kept seven or kept five or whatever it is just for oh, the first yeah. few turns. So you mm-hmm. sort of had a bit of an idea and, yeah, just just really good. Like production value just through the roof. So hats off to them. But that, exactly that, like you said, Chewy, that's what happens when you get an yeah, actual production company to do it for you. It wasn't that long ago we – oh, we didn't have a competitive magic scene but the uh, that long ago either. But then when coverage did return, you know, it was a bit average and, and we were – you know, somewhat tongue in cheek, going, "Hey, wizards, we can do a better job." Uh, yeah. To to that, so they've obviously uh, not listened to us specifically, but you know, listen to the magic community who do want to have a you know uh, have that experience and and have access to high quality coverage at that top level play, and they've invested in it, which is great. Were their numbers all right? Like when I looked, they had like two thousand or something. I uh, jumped in at one point. They had fifteen k. Yeah. Wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. I actually f- completely forgot to look at the, <laughs> the numbers. So Twelve thousand. Yeah. 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 Okay. I, I don't think that was top eight. I think it was towards the end of the day. Oh, I think I was watching Reed play to try and get his winning in. Yep. Yep. Um, towards the end of the, the day two. So yeah, big numbers because you know big names and and like the pointy end of the you know top eight top eight shaping up on the Sunday. It would have been our time. So yeah, yeah, it was about fifteen thousand. So that's yeah, let's, that's it's not good. like the forty k we've seen five years ago, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Yep, I, d- I did like you know by having it at the Magic Con event. You know, there's there's obviously a lot of people sort of getting around all that sort of stuff, but it, it looked like they had the like the news desk, the booth for the commentators, all that sort of stuff, and then the feature matches all in an elevated position. Oh, like then, on a mezzanine oh, floor, or sort yeah, of thing. and then yeah, like a whole cool. bunch of whole bunch of seating near there and sort of behind there with, I would assume, projectors set up because there was a whole bunch of people watching and cheering on and all that sort of stuff. So it really had that feel of a proper live event, like a like a sporting event type thing, and that's really cool. That's that's something that they haven't really shown in coverage before. You know, you know, obviously, it's they're recording it. Or, or streaming it live from site, but you don't get that feel of oh, there's actually a crowd watching these people play and, and that. So yeah, did a did a really good job. Hats off to them. But anyway, we're not here to talk about the coverage. What did we see, Cracker, in the meta? Was we... there any spice? No. <laughs> I mean, I was trying to think of a clever way to say no, but the answer is just no. Um, the like some people pl- put like mayonnaise. On something, and to some people, mayonnaise is spicy, right? So, yeah. Are you talking about me? Yeah. <laughs> that's that's not fair. He puts barbecue sauce on everything. Yeah, yeah. Tomato sauce. Tomato, Tomato sauce. sauce. Bar- barbecue uh, sauce, sauce is only on select things. Like oh steak. My oh, my God. Let's, okay, let, look, we need to, before this derails, we lose all of our listeners. Can we talk about the 50,000 copies of... Rakdos cards then should we should we do that instead? Yeah. So top deck at eighteen point seven percent is Rakdos midrange, followed by Grixis midrange, Esper Legends, Rakdos reanimator, Grixis reanimator, Domain Control, Mono White midrange, and five color ramp round out the top eight decks. But just heavily black red X decks, guys. <laughs> so Rakdos midrange, Fable of the Mirror Breaker, Shieldred, Grixis. Fable of Mirror Breaker, Shieldred. Esper, Shieldred. Rakdos, Fable of Mirror Breaker, Shieldred. Grixis Reanimator, Fable of Mirror like- Hang on, hang on. <sighs> they both have- The next two have both got Atraxa in them. <laughs> sure. Like, That's I, a new, newish card. Yeah, it, it, it is, but like- They also play Fable and Shieldred. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, uh, 
Yeah, if you, like if you, if you look at the the meta game breakdown, yeah, like eighteen point seven percent for Rakdos mid range, but you've got Rakdos mid range and Rakdos reanimator, which are mm-hmm. virtually the same deck. Just the reanimator ones playing some breach the multiverse and a couple of Chandras. Cruelty of geeks and yeah, and then there's Rakdos breach, which I don't really understand how that's different to Rakdos reanimator because they're doing the same thing. But if you total all of that up, you're up like over thirty percent just in Rakdos. And then you've got Grixis at 15.5% and Grixis Reanimator at 7%. So there's another 20-odd percent. So you're you're at over 50% of the field is either Rakdos or Grixis decks yeah, that are mate. pretty much the same. <laughs> like, yeah, what a grind fest. Yeah. Like, the percentage, they, they, like, you're right. Like, you, it's a bit of hyperbole to say they're the same, but, like, there's so many uh play patterns and turn sequences of every deck you've just mentioned that are the same and it's just they get to a point in the game of like turn five and that's where they start going in a different direction but everything up until then you know they're they're playing blood tithe harvester into fable of the mirror breaker into into cut down into shielded exactly yeah yeah exactly (laughs) and it's just whether they're going invoke despair or trying to um, you know, cheat in the tracks. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it's uh, that's not a lot of diversity, is it? That's uh, a bit of you a, know what'll yeah. fix that diversity? Oh yeah, the yeah, rotation. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so Gosh, what did we? Uh, so in in the top eight, we yes. had four Rakdos mid range. Yeah, the Rakdos reanimator, five color ramp, Azorius soldiers, all of mid range. Yeah, not not a very uh, diverse. Uh, meta, but who took it down, Craig? Nathan Stoyer, who is probably just the best player in the world at the moment, I think. He is the current reigning world champion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he won the world championship. Yep. Then he top aided the last PT, playing yep. Lotus Field, I believe, in mm-hmm. Pioneer, and yep. now won this PT. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so- <laughs> that's um, that's that- a hell of a run, man. That's a yeah. That's a resume. <laughs> Uh, like that's that's Hall of Fame level. It kind is. Of it is territory. Like, always pretty the, soon. The unofficial cut to make Hall of Fame is like three top eights, right? So yep. is like two top eights, including a win and being world championship, is probably harder than three it, top in, eights. Yeah, you need one more. <laughs> <laughs> sure, cracker. Yeah. <laughs> not that I don't even know if they're Mr. actually putting new people into the they're Hall not. of Fame. Well, right? no, no, no one knows. No, well, maybe. Who knows? Reed Duke was <laughs> yeah, the last inductee, but uh, it. But I'm just saying, like, how good his run has been, and and how like ahead of the the game and on fire he has been. Like to put that resume together in like what a year. Uh, versus some people do that, you know. Some some p- people take their whole career to to get that to get into the Hall of Fame, or and I mean the ninety nine point nine nine percent of the rest of us never get there. But it's uh, it's incredible. Like that's a a massive achievement, and, and hats off to them. And we rag on standard uh, a little bit, and you know, and you know, wizards in general. But we, I want to take none none of the luster off that achievement because that is. Uh, Incredible. Like, good on him. Hats off. Yeah, absolutely. So, there seemed to be, from the like the coverage that I watched and then looking at the top deck lists, two cards from March of the Machine that really sort of had a bit of a breakout and became the new Spice, which is 
Chandra, Hope's Beacon, and Breach the Multiverse, which I don't did we speak about this on the previous yeah, podcast? Yep. Yeah. You and I talked I talked a bit about Breach. Um, yeah. Because it's bananas. Well, I mean they're it's they're both in the colours of the most yeah. <laughs> popular colours. And yeah. yeah, like playing Chandra, the the static ability whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell, copy it. You can choose new targets for the copy and it triggers once a turn. Turns out playing Chandra and then playing uh Invoke Despair is pretty gross. Yeah, no, that's absolutely disgusting. Yep. Also, or the, Ch- the Chandra plus- into Breach. Yeah, yeah, but the plus two on Chandra makes two mana as well. So mm. <laughs> you you play Chandra on six and then you've got your mana for Breach straight away. So yep. next turn. Yeah, pretty pretty awesome. Yeah, yeah, pretty nuts. So yeah, that was pretty cool. And yeah, definitely led to some really interesting games of, yeah, like milling people, exiling things out of their graveyards and, and all that sort of stuff and trying to, yeah, balance the graveyard as another resource and, and those sorts of things. So yeah, it was quite... Uh, Quite interesting. It, it added a little bit of excitement to the weekend, and and it was, it was almost one of those like, well, you've currently got nothing in your graveyard, but we're both going to mill ten cards and let's see what we get. That's <laughs> and, a lot of cards. Yeah, it, it is, really it is, is quite a few. Yep. And then you flip an Atali, and then you get to <laughs> take the next two cards off it. Like I've yep. seen people go from like actual zero board state to like what four massive permanents. Like two planeswalkers and two like two creatures, like a Tali and a Shieldred or something like that, and a Chandra and Wandering Emperor. So it's like, oh, this this is good, clean magic. <laughs> it's modern level stuff right there. I mean, modern probably does it a couple of turns earlier, but that sort of raw power level type stuff, you know, it's uh, it's it's big and it's swingy and it's uh, it's a bit gross. Yeah, yeah. And there's no control deck to. Keep it in check. Well, you can't have a control deck in nope. modern magic because everything is a two for one. So you can't counter spell trade one for one wrath play finisher that traditional uh, control deck way because there's too much value in every single card ever ever printed since I don't know the last eight years or something. So yeah, no, it's it's true. And the thing is, you can't afford to sit around holding up counter magic. No, like you, you just be have proactive. to keep playing to the board mm. and yeah. It's a, it's an interesting challenge. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder I wonder if they have a a plan to, you know, balance that out to curve it down and stuff. Probably <laughs> yeah, they're not. gonna put Ragavan into standard. <laughs> yeah. Let's just power standard right up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, another card that uh, was sort of making its way into the Rakdos decks was Light Up the Night, which is actually a card that I think both you and I have played Chewy and now Jeskai take turns. Yeah, we we're playing, but uh, it's a card from Midnight Hunt. It's fireball, basically. So it's a X and a red. Light up the night deals X damage to any target. It deals X plus one damage instead if that target is a creature or planeswalker. And then you can flash it back for three and a red and remove X loyalty counters from among planeswalkers you control. And X can't be zero. So yeah, the, uh, from what I've been hearing, a lot of people were saying that you can basically win out of nowhere. You know, you, you can just play slow, grindy, mid-range, yep, kill a couple of, couple of your dudes, gum up the board, you know, just sculpt your hand with your blood tokens and all that sort of stuff. And then eventually it's just like, yep, play a Chandra, cast the light up the night, copied with Chandra, so, you know, burn you for six and then just untap and if you want, you can just do the same thing again. But, yeah, you could sort of win from, like, ten, like your opponent on ten and, and just cast the light up the night and copy it for five and and you just win out of nowhere sort of thing so yeah and chandra's plus ability adds mana which adds more damage and then gives you an extra loyalty counter for the flashback it it all it all lines up nicely doesn't it yep and she's got a million 
loyalty counters that you can take off of her to flash it back. And yeah. When you do that, is Chandra dead so the static doesn't trigger? Uh, if you took all of the counters off, yeah. it, it it's would. It's a cost to cast it's part a spell. of the cost. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. But if you leave, like if you've, if you've played <clears throat> Chandra, it's got five loyalty, you plus it the first turn. So it's got seven and you cast Light Up the Night for six or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then flash it back and then just yeah, just remove six counters again. It's uh, a lot. I mean, you can plus it and then plus it the next turn, so it goes to nine, and then take eight counters off of it and use the two mana that you made to pay for the part of the four. So it's um, yeah, it's pretty gross. True. Yeah. 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 And then you got so, treasure tokens lying around. I from didn't. I didn't your see goblins. that. That's, yeah. Yep. Uh, any like of the top eight lists? Any other lists that were. You know, piqued your interest, a little bit spicy. Like, uh, I like Autumn the five colour. The- yeah. Yeah. Autumn Birchett had ores of, but it's literally just mono white with two breach the multiverse <laughs> and a couple of sideboard cards. So we've seen that before. The five colour one, Chewy, what was that one? Uh, it is the David Olsen five colour ramp. So two Atali, four Archangel of Wrath, four uh, Topiary Stomper, uh, four Atraxa, four Invasion of Zendikar, two Sunfall, four Herd Migration, some Bankbusters, Officer, Office, Ossification, oh gosh, uh, and Leyline Binding as the removal. So ramping into Atraxa and Atali with uh, Archangel of Wrath as a nice sort of mid-range thing to hit uh, to, you know, get some damage and having a, a, a good threat. And yeah, Atraxa and Atali at the top are, are pretty sweet. Um and Topri spon- uh, Stomper, Invasion of Zendikar, decent ramp spells uh, for standard power level. And Herd Migration, you know, lets you find land to keep hitting your drops as well as being a kind of alternate win condition as well. You know, you just make, you know, 11 three threes or something. So, yeah, I uh, the deck is, is, is pretty cool. It's good to see a deck like that uh, making top eight. And I'm looking through and there are, there are no... Fable of the Mirror Breakers or Sheldreds or Invoke Despairs or anything. There's four Atraxa, sure, but, you know, it's... There's Bankbusters. Yeah, yeah. Bankbusters. But, which a- is the other card that people are pretty sick of, I think. Yeah, but it's still a, um, you know, it, it's a, a point of difference and something a bit cool. I, lo- I really like the Archangel of Wrath as a um, as an addition. I think it's a, a really good card in this style of deck where you because the ramp's slower in standard... Uh, and you know you're playing three, uh, you know three mana four fours that can't block, and and for a turn or, t- or two, uh, the Archangel of Wrath is great. And I I've been playing the Stomper and the uh, Invasion of Zendikar in my sort of brews in standard. And turn three Stomper, turn four Invasion, play a land like you're you're attacking uh, with your Stomper on turn four. You got seven land in play on turn four, so. Uh, and then if your opponent doesn't see that coming, they might like attack past your four four. So then you flip the battle and you've got two four fours and life's good. That also taps for mana. So yeah, it's a it's a cool play pattern in and of itself. So I, I like that deck. It's um it's something I'd see myself playing. Yeah, I just want to congratulate David on playing green, the most unplayable colour in magic. <laughs> <laughs> At the moment, yep. anyway. Uh, <laughs> 12 months ago, 18 months ago, it was just no, like no, green everywhere, just, right? Like, yeah. it's, it, is, it is just the worst colour at the moment. Like, it's literally the only deck. Yep. With, with green <laughs> in it. With, with forests in it. 
Yep. Uh, I particularly like the four copies of Tyrannorex Rex. In the board? Yeah, it's great. In the board. Good work. Um, Vanquisher Horde in the board as well, which is pretty cool. And I really like, actually, it's something that uh, I forgot was actually in standard, is Temporary Lockdown. Uh, and he's only got one copy, but when you look at all of the blood tokens, the treasures, the goblins, the bank busters, uh, all of these little permanents that are two mana or less, Temporary Lockdown's pretty good. Can so. I say that whenever I fight up Arena to play that um, tokens deck... My opponents always had it. Every <laughs> time. Every time. Every <laughs> yep. time. I'm out there trying to go wide, you know, make it a bunch of little one ones off my third path iconoclast. It's just like, oh, temporary lockdown. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't seen that card for a year. Funny <laughs> that you've got that. Yeah. Funny that you've got that in best of one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear. Yeah. Guess I lose. Uh, anyway. uh, yeah, it's also worth noting that- yeah, the four Rakdos mid-range players in the top eight were all from the same team. So Team Handshake is uh, one of the testing teams. And I'm not sure how many people are on the team in total, but four players from the same team on the same deck in the top eight means whatever they did, they figured it out. and Probably you know, listened to down. Nathan Struer and <laughs> just played yeah. what he told him to play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it comes down to those little... You know, one of this card, two of this card. You know, finding something like light up the night as a as a card to sort of take you over the top of the other decks and, and things like that is yeah, it's quite interesting. Yeah, different sideboard strategies and stuff probably come into it as well. But yeah, that's four players from the same team in in that that level in the top eight is huge. That's like yep. team channel fireball back in the day level stuff. You don't see that very often at all. No. So, we've mentioned it a couple of times that uh, Wizards has figured out how to solve the problem of this mm. boring mid-range soup standard, uh, which I don't know why they did this, but they announced this, like, during the PT. <laughs> like, as part of the coverage of PT, they had sort of, sort of had this mm-hmm. announcement and then released the article and that sort of thing. Like, while the standard tournament is happening and we're seeing... Boring, well, not boring, but the same decks over and over mid-range soup. They came up with this fantastic plan of what they're going to do, which is what, Cracker? What are, how are they saving standard? Well, they realised that everyone was having so much fun that we should just play with the cards for another year. So they are changing rotation so that we do not have rotation upcoming in September this year. We're just skipping it. And the next standard rotation is going to be... In September of 2024, which means we go from nine set standard to 12. We're going to have 12 set standard, <laughs> which is insane. It just <laughs> makes no sense. Ev- every axis I can think of, except for I want to play my $60 shields for longer. Yep. So they they did give us some reasons. Do you want do you want to go through? So this is a, so an article yeah, came yeah, out yeah, from yeah, no. Aaron Forsyth and. Billy Jensen, who's Huey Jensen. Uh-huh. What what are their what's their logic in this cracker? I mean, that's that's literally part of it. Their 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 reasoning is that they they want to give the standard cards more longevity. They're saying that they keep hearing complaints that people want to play with cards for longer. And as standards the only rotating format, this is the only way that they can do that, which doesn't quite make sense, but anyway. Um they want to allow mechanics and archetypes to be more effectively built over time. So their their examples were interesting, as in like Green White Infect 
and uh, Blue White Soldiers being the, the two archetypes that they decided to push as being less mid-range. I don't know when you're going to do Toxic again, but, you know, no. that's, that's, that's a whole other <laughs> thing. And that's it. That's that's the thing. That's that's the thing. They're saying that th- those are the main reasons. So they're, they're trying they- to encourage standard by pushing it in the the pro tour, right? And saying you know putting it back on the center stage again, which it obviously wasn't for a while in terms of paper Except tournaments. The next PT is modern. I think and the listen, one before the- hey, that. Was- no, sorry, the- I think the next one's pioneer. The next one, the one after that, is modern. Listen. Anyway, yeah. let's and the, and the Greg, previous one yeah. was pioneer. I'm just reading the announcement, <laughs> mate. So, I don't know. No, we're shooting the messenger cracker. Yeah. Where do we start? Oh, where do we start here with the? Are we pulling holes in their logic, or are, are we just saying they're dumb? <laughs> like, are we actually going to? says here, we believe this will give standard more stability, more vitality, and strengthen it for local game stores. So <sighs> how? <laughs> the thing, and I, I've been listening to a few other people talk about this and kind of getting some other perspectives because i wanted to make sure that i wasn't just flying off the handle and being completely insane turns out i'm not um <laughs> or everybody else is as well no no but- <laughs> mm, t- turns out that's not it either um yeah it's it's interesting that the the thing that i think has happened is that standard plays down in stores right like and, and this harks back to a tweet that aaron forsyth you know one of the chief designers and head guys over at Magic said, standard players dried up in many stores. I have my own list of reasons, but I'd love to hear why you think that has happened. And uh, I heard a couple of people say, yeah, it's because you've pushed Commander so insanely hard for the last few years that uh, why would you bother playing standard anymore? So let's have a look at Aftermath, right? The set that they've just dropped with 50 new cards or 75 new cards, whatever it is. Tell me, how many of those are Legends, boys? (laughs) Like all of them? I I think it's like 80%. Yeah, uh, and so they are, they are attacking legendary onto things that didn't necessarily need to be legendary. Uh, yeah. And we've got an Esper Legends deck in that uh, for, you know, for that reason. They have also printed cards that have led to obnoxious play patterns. And, and we talk, you know, Blood Tithe Harvester all the way up to the, the Black Sorcery, right? Why would I want to go and do that on my Friday night, right? Like, it's not a fun play experience. So you've got this really supported format that has cards in every set from Legends to Big Splashy Sorceries and, you know, the the current set's got those, um, you know, the alt art Legends and the previous set had the old frame artifacts. That, that's targeted at Commander players right there. And so you you're feeding one, the other one's on this complete famine, and you're, they're printing cards that are leading to a negative play experience, and then going, hey, guys, why aren't you playing it? Like, it is the most tone-deaf, uh, uninsightful comment announcement decision that they've made in in a, in a hot minute, i got to tell you, because it's just they're not looking at themselves and what they're doing. They're effectively blaming their consumers and trying to whack a band-aid on it to say, oh, will this work? Like, and just doing this, the same thing effectively, just like, oh, standards down, let me punish you some more. Like, it just, I don't know, so, rocks in their head. I, c- c- kind of. I mean, I think what they're, they're obviously trying to do something without having to invest. So the change to what they have to do is just straight zero. Right. 
just there's there's no change. There's potentially some issues around supply chain and whether keeping cards in standard for another twelve months do they have enough product to they do might have that to go for and cards from, from the like, tip or in a maybe. warehouse they've forgotten about. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> yep. So the, like that aside, there's there's no impact to wizards in their bottom line, right? Like it doesn't doesn't impact anything, and like. It, it sucks that we have to say this all the time, but like everything is to do with making them more money. That's just kind of, they're, they're a business and that's fine. That's how they have to operate. But I just don't know who they think this gets reinvigorated by standard. Yeah. So by increasing it by 12 months. So if I'm already not enjoying the format. Yeah. Like does- instead of reinvigorating it and getting me to buy new cards when a new set comes out to play standard, I'm going, why would I play standard? It doesn't matter what comes out in the new set, or I'll have a look at the new set and go, okay, none of that's better than Shieldred and Invoke Despair. I'm not going to buy it, right? So they're actually, like, to your point, that's a business decision. This is actually going to negatively impact their business because people aren't going to want to buy the new standard sets because standard sucks and they're not going to want to invest in it. Kind of. It means that you have a longer window to continue buying the standard cards. So as <clears throat> I guess as they're saying, if in the next set, let's say in Eldraine, right, we saw a bunch of knight synergies. Maybe this time they make them soldiers, and then the blue white soldiers deck becomes a thing, as as their example goes. Seems unlikely, but hey, it could be a thing. Then people have to go back and rebuy all of the cards from the previous sets rather than just the brand new ones. So they are increasing the purchasing life cycle by 50%, right? By increasing it by that long. So you haven't shortened the window of when people will need to buy the new cards. You've just lengthened how long they'll need to buy the old cards for. Yeah, which is a good point. And if they are planning on having standard as a PT format, you know, every third PT over the next few years, well, then that that quite drastically increases how much people are going to have to buy standard cards and yeah if they don't just have to buy from the most current sets so they have to buy from all three of that years worth only of sets. works though like your point's a good one cracker but where where i disagree with you is that only works if people want play the- yeah which not everyone's going to but anyone who wants to be playing at the pro tour has to because yeah. they have but th- they've, their, locked, their they've example, now locked their their example is fnm though Right, they're yeah, not no, saying that's, numbers. Yeah, of- that's where the disconnect is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you so, seem yeah. confused, Chewy. We're not defending the position. I'm just saying <laughs> this is how I think that maybe they've reached the position. Yeah, I don't think yeah. that it's a good one. Like I said, like right from the top, I don't know who they get back into standard by making this choice, and that's the problem they've had is that they've pushed players out. Or players have fallen off because there was no reason to play. Well, standard. they're just going to play commander because that's what's happening in their store now. Exactly. Yeah, right? And yeah. so, what part of this now makes the commander players attracted to come back to standard when they can just take the legends they want to play and play it in their favorite format anyway? Exactly. Exactly. And so, I, I agree. So, I think, you know, they, they've, they've been a bit daft here. The other thing uh, about the announcement that jumped out at me is, you know, one of their reasonings is to make their standard cards more, uh, you know, have more play out of your standard cards. So, we've got pioneer at explorer on um on the uh, arena arena yeah that that is what 
that format was sold as all those formats were sold as right you know you can come come play your old standard cards and you know then they you know they did alchemy which kind of screwed the whole thing over for historic um and then they go okay well now we need explorer so they had to invent a whole nother format so they're just being reactive rather than actually having a little bit of like self-reflection and um you know where's their where's where's their analytics where's their quality assurance where's their yeah i I don't know like they're they're so focused on chasing the dollar they aren't focused on the core of the business like if you focus on your customers the dollar will look after itself rather than chasing the dollar and disenfranchising people or building something that they don't want so it just yeah i don't know it's a the leadership at what's at the moment obviously the world that the what the world's gone through over the last few years, you know, they, they're trying to look after their, their investors and their stakeholders and ultimately probably their staff. And they're probably coming at this from a completely uh, good place. As I'm not accusing them of being sinister, but I don't think it's come from a very smart place at all. Like it's just, it's insane. Like it, it just doesn't make steps to achieving this stated goals. That's no. the thing that gets me, right? Yeah. Like you, their you can actions make- don't, align with what they what they've stated their goals are yes you're right yeah. so just yeah. just on that in, like in the article they do say uh, you know we may, we need to make a more public commitment to standard and competitive tabletop magic as such we'll be rolling out a multifaceted plan or rolling out multifaceted plans over the coming months to do so today is step one and then they go into standard rotation every every three years so it sounds like they have a plan you know, to go with trying to get standard as a more played format at FNMs or at, at local stores and whatever. And like I, I remember when we used to play at like Card Heaven all the time, Chewy, there was like the player rewards cards and things like that. It was, you know, you go and you play FNMs and you get these sweet promos that you get from playing FNMs. Yeah, you get you get a thing in the mail and you get like a yeah, textless yeah. damnation or something. Was, yeah, and cryptic yeah. commands and whatever. Yeah, yeah, there was awesome stuff. But maybe there's things like that coming because uh, exactly like you guys have been saying, what they've announced at the moment, I don't think incentivizes anybody to go, yep, sweet, I want to get back to my local game store and play more of the same stuff I've been playing. So hopefully there is more coming to that that will incentivize stores to be pushing standard more, to run more standard events, uh, and then incentivize players to get back to those stores to play those standard events. But at the moment, we don't have those details. And... <laughs> with the quality of announcements that wizards do and, and just always going in the wrong direction, those announcements will come out and it'll be like, why the hell would you do it that way? That's just I, really I do dumb like and I don't want to go. <laughs> wizards made an announcement that they're changing the rotation of standard but still somehow made it a way to make it an announcement of a future announcement. Oh, yeah, so, 100%. Yeah, like yeah, it's, that's, that's a skill. Yep. That is a skill. Definitely. How, if it were up to you, Shorty, so you've spent a lot of time thinking about running our events, right? And obviously, yes. running FNM and Pro Tours and things is very different, but you've, you've, you're probably more qualified than your average Magic punter to uh, to comment on this. So really interested to get your your thoughts. If, if they called you up tomorrow uh, and you didn't hang up the phone instantly at hearing Mark Rosewater's voice, because I know, you know, it's not exactly something that you would choose to fall asleep to. Uh, if the if the Pinkertons came knocking at my door. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and said, yep. righto, shorty. 
Design us a system. <laughs> you don't. You don't like. Uh, you don't like. Uh, you don't like how we're doing it. We're giving you free reign. How do you fix it? Standard is yours to manage. What are you doing? So my biggest issue with this three-year uh, system is we've seen it before and we've seen it at the moment. As you go from five-set standard to six to seven, eight to nine, whatever, and then now we're going to go up to twelve. What ends up happening is that all the decks just become the same because yes, they've got their you know their little archetypes, their you know green-white infect and. Azorius soldiers and things like that that come in their individual sets but as you get a bigger and bigger card pool and better mana bases that come with that with almost every set coming out with some sort of dual land or tri land or whatever you just end up with decks that just take all the best cards and put them together and then there's your deck and it's not about so the synergies all, from an individual no, exactly. set yep and so yeah. as we get to bigger sets that's going to be worse and worse and Do so you that's think that that's my biggest issue moving away from blocks so like sidebar for a second moving away from yep. blocks to single sets has definitely magnified that hasn't it cuz they're, yeah, they're, like- they're more shallow the synergies are they've got one set rather than three yeah, the the blocks definitely had those synergies that transferred over, but I don't think they they ever did the blocks quite right. Like there wasn't, yes, they were sort of related, but you still had like different mechanics in each set from those blocks, and yeah, it was a bit weird. I, I don't know. I'm, I I'm take not- offence to that. Mega Morph is totally different to Morph. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> uh, hang on, well, they did some really good things, like you know, affinity for artifacts. That, that was yeah, right. yeah. yeah. Anyway, back to the original question. So yeah, my my issue with the ever getting bigger standard is that it's going to be just soup like just the mid-range soups that we've currently got and it's going to be that for a long time and also i don't think they actually announced what happens when we do get rotation uh, they do yeah so they have, Innistrad, yes. so the two Innistrad sets kamigawa streets kapena rotate out so the, the sets that would have rotated out this year just rotate out next year so we're, we're mm-hmm. permanently going to have minimum eight or nine set standard i think yep which is yeah, that's which is bad. anyway historically uh, I still been answered the question. The, it's at the worst, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, what would so you do? My, my idea is, and I've been saying this for years, and and I don't know if it if it would work, but this is the way I think of it: is have two years worth of sets, but it is always it is a permanent rotation. So as a new set comes in, the old set from the tail end drops off, and then the next set comes out. The t- other the card that the set that's now on the tail end that drops off. So you're getting small rotations every three or four months whenever the sets come out, but that's it. So your sets still stay in standard for two years. So, so you can still mm, play with okay. your cards for a really long time. You don't have that all of a sudden I've got four sets that are now no longer legal in standard. It's only ever one set at a time. So it's a it's a drip. You're you're only losing a, a small card pool. I really like that, Shorty, in- but with what they've said with cards being uh you know, people want to invest in their sixty dollar shieldreds and then keep them. Do you think your model would work on a three year rotation? Yeah, like it, it doesn't matter how long you pick it for. Yeah. I mean, it's still, if, if it, like, going to three years means you still have that issue of the big card pool, and so you're just going to end up with the soup of, of really powerful cards again. Yeah. Two two years has shown to be a good amount, but, yeah, you're always getting that little bit of a refreshment with a new set and, an like, you're, you're basically swapping one set for another set, so two, like, a, a changeover of two. But you don't have that big, all of a sudden, I'm losing heaps of my cards. All these cards that I've invested in are now worth nothing. You you know that you're going to have each set for two years, whereas at the moment it's, 
I some of my cards I will have for two years, but some of my cards I'll only have for like just over 12 months because it depends on where they come out in, in that cycle before you hit rotation. Mm-hmm. And you've just got that constant changeover without it being a, a drastic thing. So that's that's how I would do it. That seems more practical to me. It's also a lot easier to know what's in standard and what's not. <laughs> I, I, that's, I think that's a really valid always, point. Now, I was yeah, going to comment on that. new set, cool. Yeah. And then the, the older set, that's gone. And then new set, yeah, and then the old set's gone. So that's how I would like to do it. Like I said, I, I'm not... I'm not a game designer. I'm, I, yeah, I don't know if that would work, but that's my thoughts. So one thing that you mentioned, and I kind of disagree with a little bit, is about mana bases. Yep. I think the better the mana bases get, the more chance you have of playing the extremes. So at the moment, you can't really play like Boros or Jeskai because you don't have an untapped dual land for either of those colours. So... It forces you, it, and this has always kind of been the case where we were talking about Simic a few years ago being the best because it had super powerful cards, but it also had the best mana. And Rakdos right now has also got the best mana. Right? Isn't that and just poor the- game design though? If they are weighting things in one direction and not uh, not feeding the other sides of the color pie? Potentially, but in terms of like what they're doing now is assuming they continue to feed mana bases the way that they are, where it's slightly unbalanced one way or another, or even if it's not and it ends up all being evenly balanced, it does give you opportunity to play archetypes that are currently not viable because the mana isn't supportive. Yeah, the issue is that if you go to... If you're adding a, a four extra sets of rare lands to the mana bases that we already have, you end up with too good of mana and then you can just play whatever you want. Like we yeah, saw that, we saw that in dragons, uh, Kamigawa. Uh, uh, fetch lands really exacerbated yeah, that problem. Yeah, we saw it in shops, cards. Yeah, that's a fetch, fetch that's an outlier. Shops. Yeah, yeah, but, but th- I, like that's I an agree, example where you've it, got really good you, mana. It gives you a chance. Is is the only thought I can think of. I'm trying to look at like why what upside there is. The other thing I think that if you want to make a difference, Chewy, if you're going to ask me the question, mm-hmm. bring the cost of standard down. Decks are $400. That is untenable. Even for like a three-year cycle, that's that's an insane investment. So does this does this achieve that or does it make it more expensive? Like, well, it makes it worse. Yeah. <laughs> I think it makes it worse because all of a sudden- Yeah, no, I'm sorry. But I'm, if you want to fix standard, yeah. that's the way you do it, is you, you have to bring the cost of decks down. If decks are $100, that's, that's a reasonable amount of money, I think, for a lot of people. Do you, do you know what brings the cost down? Proxies? Shorter rotations. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, it does because yes. oh, it's like too- I'm no, not going to spend $60 on a Sheldred because I'm only going to play it for you know a certain amount of time. <clears throat> now it's three years. Now Sheldred's going to hold its value longer. Like well, it, yeah, yeah. It, it actually do, do you know, do, potentially goes up in value. Yes, because yeah. If you're getting towards the end of that three-year cycle, it's like, well, people stopped opening this this card and those packs two years but ago. But they still want to play <laughs> so, it because there's a PTQ coming up. Exactly. I'm, I'm going to charge 80 bucks for them, clear them out, yep. and you know, I'm winning. So uh, okay. after I've played you, with it for two and a half years. You know what else brings the cost of standard down? Worse cards. Yes. Yep. Because everything- Card, Cards that aren't commander playable. Ca- commander playable, pioneer playable- modern playable right like we have so many cards in the the standard pool now that reach back so far that just means they get gobbled up by everybody because why wouldn't you Drops you want to play Rakdos midrange in pioneer is almost card for card the same as in standard except you pick up a couple of extra lands 
Yeah, you get blood clots. So. It's it's it, seriously. It, it's like sixty of the seventy five are the same. Yeah, it's insane. So I think that obviously no one wants weakened standard. Like low power level formats can be boring, but if that's the the goal, then. It just it's tricky because you have to have some cards but, that are particularly good, and then yeah, your but that's prices also a, always a long term goal those. as well, though, because it's just like okay, we can print worse cards, but that means we're stuck with these cards for three years, so no one's going to play the worse cards for three years. <laughs> so the sets yeah. don't I sell. So you could do all these things in conjunction. <laughs> no, no, I'm, yeah, I, I agree with you that it's a it's a strat and something that they should absolutely do. They should the curb the power level. Remember when we went from. Eldrain to um, Kaldheim, and we were like, "Oh, these cards suck." And until they didn't, until we got like, until all the Eldrain cards got banned. Yeah, and and there were powerful cards out of out of that set as well with uh, the Time Warp card and stuff. But it's uh, when you've got a big set like that, and then you like like a big a big standard, you know, twelve sets. If you release an a lower powered set, it just it does nothing. It doesn't shake up the format like a new set should. It's, yeah, if in Shorty's model with, you know, if something dropped off, yes, it would have more of an impact, but the cards dropping off would have more of an impact than the cards coming in. So there's just, at every time you discuss this model, the more we think about it, the more flaws we find in their plan. That's, uh, yeah, it's... Yeah, because the, the only other way to manage it, if you're going to do it for this long, is bannings. Yep. Well, and, that was the next point. But yeah, they literally so bannings- talk about, uh, like, the 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 article says that you know they they want to get more stability vitality and strengthen it for local game stores bannings do the opposite of all of those things yeah. yes you're not wrong but they'll also <laughs> become necessary <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i think i've heard a lot of people saying all right they've done this announcement so when's the announcement that fable of the mirror breaker is banned cuz that's what it's going to take. Like, yeah, they're, they're going to need to, if they're going to have a larger card pool, I mean, the other the other thing is, have they even designed these sets over the last two years to be in standard with the sets for the next year? Probably oh, not. Yeah. That's Given huge. they tweeted about this in November, yeah, I'm going to go with no. Yeah. So they're going to have to ban stuff. But yeah, exactly like you said, Chewie, that has the... The opposite effect that makes people go, well, okay, well, why would I want to invest in this format even more if you're just gonna go and ban all the stuff? Like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, strange, very, very strange. Uh, the other thing that came out with this announcement is they're still rotating alchemy in September this year because reasons. You know, alchemy well, was meant to be fixed, it's fixed, fixed standard. standard. Mate. That's that's what they're doing. They've fixed it by saying we're going to make it three years, but the fixed standard's still two. So that's clearly the superior <laughs> version of the format. I, I just I don't understand. Like, yeah, it makes makes no sense at all. But uh, anyway, it is what it is. So yeah, they they do say uh, like they had another couple of paragraphs towards the end of the article about. You know, our, our atten- our, I'll just read it out. Our attention toward improving the standard experience won't be ending here. To help ensure standard thrives at local game stores, we'll be rolling out a multi-step plan to support and revitalize standard tabletop play. So sort of what we were saying before. While later steps are still in the planning stages, we felt it was important to share this change as early as possible once our plans around rotation were locked into place. So this, they're, they're still figuring it out, what they're going to do. I'm assuming though they sort of want to, wanted to put this out there, hear what the feedback is in classic wizard style we'll probably get an announcement in two weeks saying oh we've changed our mind we're gonna stick with rotation this 
We're actually going to accelerate it to yearly rotations, <laughs> yeah. like we tried five years ago. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't that long ago. It was. I think it, they brought it down to like eighteen months. So it was going to be uh, rotation. But- You'd think they'd learn, right? So, like, I I look after some software, and there are consumers of my software being, you know, patients. And when we have to make significant design decisions, we actually bring in consumers. And, and they consult with us and they help us make decisions. And the reason that we do that is if we make a decision and then have to undo it and make a new decision, that is so much harder than just making the right decision in the first. It, it might take us longer to arrive at the right decision, but it's still faster than implementing, undoing, redesigning, and, and then all of the, uh, the, the issues and change management and retraining that comes with that. So like, why don't they like, I don't know, ask some of the people that were at the pro tour or, you know, the, the last pro tour, right. When they were thinking about this, they'll be like, Hey, we're thinking about this. What do you guys reckon? And they can say, no, that's a stupid idea. Let me tell you why. And then go, okay, we'll, we'll think of something else. Right. Like it's just, ah, they make these off the cuff decisions and then they blow up in their face and then they have to like redesign them. It just, so many inefficiencies in what they do. Blows my mind. Blows my mind that they make a billion dollars. Goodness me. Commander. Commander made a billion dollars. <laughs> it is It is literally Commander that's making, making the billions of dollars. Because they've got uh, the rules committee who liaise with them. Yeah. Wow. If only that was yep. like transportable. If only they had like this group of invested players that really understood the game and were representatives of the community. I don't know. Like pros? Mm. Mm. Yep. Anyway. I don't know if you're aware, Chewy, but there's no such thing as pros anymore. But speaking of Commander... <laughs> what are you talking about Commander, Cracker? <laughs> well, we played Commander. Did we? On Monday night. We did. Oh, we sat down right, and we, we played did. some... We streamed some paper Commander games. Well, I know and we started the stream and there were three of us on the stream. All right, yeah. And somebody else disappeared. Listen, I don't know what happened. You found a, good, a pretty good picture of him on short notice, got to say, as a little... In, but yeah, that was that classic. Everybody jump on. We were all there for like forty minutes, tweaking everything. Everybody's like camera was sharp. Everybody's audio was good. Everyone knew what was happening. And then literally, Shorty starts the stream. We're going live in a couple of minutes, and Cracker's whole the setup just website. Dies. No, no, no. It wasn't. It was just the OBS Ninja that we streamed to just froze on me. That was it. Right. Just that one web page just died and uh, reloading it didn't do anything. And so you have to <laughs> reboot to get it back. But we got there. And importantly, the, even though I joined last, I uh, finished first. Nice. Well, finished last. Finished last. <laughs> so that's how it goes in Commander. You were the last person well, eliminated. You, know, you were not eliminated. Yeah. Is nice. the, uh, yeah, it was, yeah. it was uh, that it was, uh, Rakdos Charm play. Woo. Oh, yeah. I was yeah, not yeah. eliminated. Correct. Yeah. That Rakdos Charm off the top was. Oh, yeah. That was pretty, pretty fantastic. Yeah. That was great. So. so the the decks were uh, various precons from different sets provided by Josh and Pats, and we gave them away uh, on the stream as well, which is cool. So uh, we got to have a lot of fun play those uh, play those decks, and then yeah, people people got them. So thank you, Josh and Pats MTG Bazaar, for that support. That was super fun. Yep. So the vod is still up on Twitch. Otherwise, I cut out some of the fluff at the start and the end and uh, put it up on YouTube so you can nice. yeah jump onto YouTube and watch it on there 
And yeah, hopefully we'll do this sort of thing again. You know, in the next few months, you know, Pat tends to send me some commander decks with when they come out for all the different sets. So yeah, if we get another four together, we'll uh, we'll do the same thing because it was a lot of fun and people seem to enjoy it. So we will definitely do it again. Speaking of things that people enjoy, our leaks again. Thanks to Josh and Pat's MDG Bazaar. So we have our Explorer League kicking off. Finally, we've had a big gap between our, our last league finishing and this league starting. So. Time to get another one going. We've listened to some feedback from the last league and come up with a new structure or similar structure, but a little bit different. So, yeah, we sort of, we know with our leagues, you know, we're, we're, we're trying to cater to a bunch of different people, you know, people from all around the world, people who can play Magic all the time, people who can barely find the time to play Magic or whatever. So it, it is extremely hard to find a system that works and is going to make everybody happy. So everything that we're doing is just a massive compromise to find some sort of middle ground that works for the majority. So we tried that with the last league with just the one group. We've, we're tinkering with it for now. We'll go with this structure and then we'll take feedback from this one and, and try it with the next one. So what we're doing now... We now have three stages. So stage one, we're going to split everyone into two groups. So we generally get about 40 people per league, 40 to 50. So we should have around 20 players per group. We're going to do the usual round robin and play that over five weeks. So the round robin suits people really well that can you know play at different times, especially people from overseas. Uh, so we'll, get, we'll allow plenty of time to that to play that. And by only having 20 people in your, your group, you're not in that situation where you need to play... 35 matches just to have any sort of chance and then we're going to take the top 10 players from each of those groups and progress them through to stage two so if we've got 20 if we've got 30 players in a group doesn't really matter we're just going to take the top 10 from each group put them through into stage two stage two is going to be a little bit different this is something that i've been wanting to try for a while and i don't know if this is going to work properly but we'll try it so we're going to have 20 players and they're going to play six rounds of swiss so we're going to play it over the period of three to four weeks, which means we'll post up the pairings for round one. Here you go, everyone, 20 players. Here's your round one pairings. And we'll just be pushing people to play their matches, you know, within three or four days type thing. Everyone plays their matches. We can then pair round two, and then we do the same thing. So we'll see how that goes. It it may not work. We'll Obviously, we'll have rules around if people don't play their matches in time, that sort of stuff, so it doesn't hold every, everyone up. But I, I quite like the idea of it being a little bit more like a traditional magic tournament with Swiss rounds because then we're going to cut to a top eight. So we'll play six rounds of Swiss. That should give us a pretty clear top eight cut and we'll take those top eight players and then we'll do the same uh, single elimination finals that we have for the previous league. Hopefully we'll get some recordings, we'll get a video put together or we'll do some on the stream and all that sort of thing as we did for the last one. And uh, yeah, and then the crown the winner of that and they get to go straight through to the Envy. So a little bit different, but adding in that more traditional Magic tournament style with some Swiss rounds cutting to a top eight, which people who've played Paper Magic for years and years, like those of us here on the podcast, uh, are a little bit more used to. So I'm looking forward to this. I'm assuming Cracker and Chewy, you guys are also looking forward to this. You're both registered, so... I was the first person to register oh, this time, mate. Geez. I was... I'm kidding. at me and I did the post. I know. I'm excited. <laughs> uh, I think it'll be fun to, to jam some Explorer. So, uh, yeah, it'll be cool. Yeah, yep. I, I think it's good, and um, the the chasing of the uh, the players for the Swiss portion, we've got a, a brilliant team of amazing mods uh, that'll help us in that. So uh, it's doing this is much more achievable now that we've got that structure in place. So um, yeah, the the mods will be grumpy if you haven't played your matches, so they'll come after you. Um, 
so yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's really really cool. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to playing some Explorer as well. Um, got some spicy brews on the boil, so um, nice. I uh, I think it's going to be great. And you know, it's free to enter. Uh, there is hundreds of dollars worth of cash and prizes, all thanks to Josh and Pat's. But also, there's that seat at the table for the envy at the end of the year, which uh, you know is huge amounts of value in and of itself. Absolutely. So, yeah, jump onto the Discord. If you're not in the Discord already, you should be. The link is always in the show notes, so come and jump in there. Uh, there's a registration channel. You can find the post in there. It's got the, the details, the prize breakdown, all that sort of thing. And then all you got to do is hit the little green tick, and that's it. You're registered. And we'll be kicking that off on the 22nd of May, so that is Monday week. But similar to the last league, the group stage, if you do, you know, miss the initial cutoff, we can just throw you in there, and it's uh, it's not too bad. So you've, you do have a, a, a few weeks grace, but uh, yeah, ideally you're in there right from the start, and you get cracking with those matches. So that's going to do us for this week. Uh, yeah, if you uh, if you do want to get in those leagues, jump into the Discord because that's where all the cool people are, like us. I should put in like the sound effect of crickets or something there because <laughs> you know that'll the sad trombone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, in in the show notes you'll find all the links for all our stuff. You know, we mentioned it all the time. JPMTGBazaar.com.au. Go and check them out. Buy something and tell Pat that the beans sent you, so they continue supporting us, so we can keep running these sorts of events. The other way you can support us is by buying some Magic Beans merch, t-shirts, hoodies, all that sort of stuff from the uh, the Redbubble store. The link for that, again, is in the show notes. And then you get to look cool as well by wearing sweet Magic Beans logos or, as we saw, literally having a T-shirt with pictures of us on them, which is really weird. Uh, if you want to find <laughs> <laughs> the rest of the places we are, just go to magicbeanscast.com. You'll find the links for YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter, all that sort of stuff there. Or you can just search us up directly on Twitter by looking for Magic Beans Cast. If you'd like to find me on Twitter, I'm at PSync. Chewy, you are? At Chewy MTG. And Cracker? At Joel Hill underscore. Very good. So that is it for this week. Thank you as always for listening. Stay safe out there and we will see you all next time. 